Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We cars, cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to our final episode before our summer break. Of the year. Well, and to, no, not the year. That would, be, that would be extreme. I think people would have a panic attack. Yeah. I mean, I say that sounds like the over, over, <laughs> what, uh, overinflated ego. Is that yeah. what I'm trying to say? We might not be able to get you out that door. No, I was going to say potentially... The final episode of season five. Yeah, because I know we've had this conversation before, but you do just make it up, mate. I do make it up, but I like starting a new season because I've said this at the start of the year. I like a fresh start. I Mm. look for an excuse to, you know, rip out a new page in the book. I'm all over the place with my expressions and saying. What about Christmas? You like Christmas opening? No, I I love Christmas. I love it. It's not the the conversation we're trying to have. Right. I say I like a fresh start. I like an excuse to go right, starting all over again. Right. So creating a new season on this podcast is just that. Yeah. It's turning a leaf. It gives me an excuse to do things, and but I do think saying. Season six seems a bit extreme, doesn't it? I mean, we have been doing this a while, mate. Well, constantly for two years every week, but I think we're in like year four now. Uh, well, easily year four. This is episode, I think we're nearly episode 50 of season five. Right. Oh, right. Oh, we I mean, do that's need to a go lot. to season six. I think maybe we need to yeah. go to season we're six. Have more episodes and seasons than friends. Well, honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. So it doesn't really, there's no rhyme or reason to it. No. We're going to have to introduce something different for season six. Yeah. Not just a different background. Like new people. Maybe. Not me and you. No, we've got <laughs> a, a new intro. Oh, we need, we do, we do need a new intro. Maybe mate. that's, season six. Yeah. Could be a new Because I feel we've changed, because uh, we've probably done that intro a couple of years ago, right? It was when we moved into the new studio, which was 2020. One or end of 2020? I think end of 2020. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, probably. Yeah. And I feel we've changed a little bit since then. You have significantly less hair. Uh, yeah, but only because I cut it off. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I no, can't grow it again. No, but unlike are you. Are you sure? Yes. Because if you look at some of the early podcast clips, mate, you nearly had an afro. No. You had thick hair. Well, I can have thick hair again. I don't think just you could. Just got to grow it. No, I think it would look different because it's kind of receding in these It's areas. always, since I was 18, <laughs> I'll show you a picture of 18. My hair was all, they used to call me McDonald's man. <laughs> Why? It, well, because it's like an M. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have to wait and stay tuned as to what season six is going to hold. We don't quite know, but we're going we're gonna to do it. Oh, there we go. I've, just, I've declared You've it. You've declared it? We'll be back. With a new intro? With season six. Uh, let's, 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 let's. That's hope. the surprise. <laughs> We don't know that bit It depends. <laughs> We're going to try. Um, but yes, we will be returning. Let me give you the exact date so you can mark it in your calendars and you won't be disappointed if you're sitting around waiting. We'll be back for season six. Wait for it. Great that my internet's decided to be slow. Hold on. 20. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. It will be the 22nd of September. Lovely. So basically a month. So you, we've got a month to start season six. <laughs> That's all right. So yeah, 22nd of September, mark it in your diaries that we will be back for season six. Yeah, because we're... A- we've got separate 
separate times off. Correct. So I'm away for a couple of weeks, then you're away for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's a bit annoying, but it's fine. I think it's good. I think it's good for us to just have a bit of a reset. I think so too. Creatively, yeah. motivationally, all these yeah. things. We've spoken about a lot. Yeah. Anyway, we thought we'd round up season five in the only way that we could um, with questions from our patrons because season five wouldn't have happened without our patrons. I mean, literally would not have happened. Patrons have been amazing over the last 50 odd episodes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to let them run riot and ask us any questions they wanted to. Any? Literally any. I said, ask us anything. Oh. And so I haven't looked at these. This could go horribly wrong. Quite I well. haven't quality checked any of them. Ben, get yeah. ready. Yeah, Ben, you might have Edit. to chop, chop some of these out. <laughs> this will be the uh, hardest episode you've ever edited. Potentially, or it could just end up being one and a half minutes <laughs> yeah. long. Just cut out all the questions. Some of them could be really boring as well. We, we know, as much as we love our patrons, we can't proclaim that, that we don't know how interesting they are because we haven't met them all. Um, but we're the, whole epi- the whole episode is going to be intro, then finish. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. Anyway, let's give this a go. We're going to dive straight in. Will, we? Will Morton has asked. Oh, Will. Hi, guys. Would you return to New Zealand, Sam? And would Tony ever visit? So, New Zealand, I think, has finally opened its doors post-COVID lockdown. Yeah. And I am desperate to get back, and, and you are coming with me. I've never been. Mate, for driving? <gasps> Oh my God. One really? of my favourite places in the world to drive. Really? It's empty. No one lives there. Yeah. It's a sheep. Sheep and incredible views and great smooth roads. Yeah. Especially at the south of the South Island. Okay. Wow. And they have good cars there as well. Proper cars. Well, we have to borrow one. We, we can't take it's, our own ones over there. It's a bit far. It's very far away. It's 24 it's, hours. It's the only problem is it is really far away for us, really far for us british people like and i think as well you can't you can't go there from the uk for less than 10 days no you spend two days flying and you lose a day yeah with the, so it's you know three days and you get there upside down <laughs> yeah because they're they're right sure. at the top mate no right at the bottom right at the bottom well whatever way you look at it <laughs> What do you mean, whatever way you look at it? Well, You're turning the world upside down. When it we, spins on its axis, it doesn't flip. Right. So when we get, are we going to be upside down, yes or no, when we get there? Whether it's up or down, you're upside down. Right, but we're not going up to New Zealand, are we? Right, downside up then. We're going south. Right. New Zealand is south of but us. It, but, it, but you probably could go up and round instead of going down and round. Oh, what, over the North Pole? It's two, threes and a six, surely. I've completely lost what we were talking about. <laughs> would we go to New Zealand? Yes or no? Yes, yes. we would. Yes, we would. And yeah. hopefully Tony will come to a beautiful yeah. place. Uh, Lawrence Baldwin. Do you think Porsche will follow the new GT3 RS with a GT2 RS and thoughts on it being a hybrid? No and no. So why don't you think there's a 992 GT2 RS coming? Because they're 10 year intervals. Yes. So I assumed this and thank you for... Clarifying, I suppose, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, if you are correct. Because usually we see them almost at the... I will the, be, because I'm the, rarely wrong. <laughs> I thought you said at some point you're never wrong. Well, rarely, because I do occasionally, very occasionally, just get the odd thing. It's not wrong, it's just misguided. So... I'm not wrong, mate. We've got to put that on a t-shirt somewhere, because you've just admitted that occasionally you're a little bit misguided. I love that. <laughs> it's not um, wrong, though. So, yeah, because I think we had 996... Point two GT two nine nine seven point two GT two nine nine one point two GT two i.e. the facelift iterations and we are still on Gen one of the nine nine two generation correct so I would expect a GT two RS to come when we get the facelift nine nine two in a whole chunk of time which could well be a hybrid I, I don't think it will be because I think it will be one of the last GT twos full stop in its natural capacity as it is now and it will just be an absolute rocket ship it will smash everything and that'll be that and that'll be that'll be where the curtains close because um electric 911 must be any day now i know they keep sort of talking about it and not talking about it but it's, it is ready i know that the i know that the dot two will probably be hybrid in some capacity okay. because the the dot one is hybrid ready so the chassis is got room for the hybrid system so i would assume that, they, that they'll put it in the dot two there'll be a hybrid 911 a hybrid iteration yeah i think when this podcast has gone out no so maybe tomorrow 
I'm trying to, this is time travel in my brain. Mm. The 3RS is getting, because I know when the 3RS is getting unveiled. Mm. And I you know think, you jumped the gun because I didn't know that. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it was tomorrow. So, yes, for us, it's, but if you're listening, I think, if you're listening the day this episode's gone live, I think the 3RS is getting unveiled tomorrow. If you're listening to this episode late, it's already been unveiled. Wow, what a thing. Oh, it'll be what a thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen be. so many kind of, I mean, basically seen the final production. Yeah, we well, have, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Jack Lowe. Hi, Sam. One question from me. Any worries the 360 will gather dust once the GT3 arrives, given the transmission choice? <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks, Jack. Um, I know where you're coming from. I'm not worried it's going to gather dust, but I think it's fair to say it will gather dust. I mean, a big reason as to why I'm doing this big adventure. Oh, one second. Oh. Hello. Oh, we've got delivery, boys. Is that delivery for you, Sam? Oh. Not for Sam. Oh, Isabel. Yeah, well, it is Sam. It's Isabel, apparently. Sam's nickname is Isabel. <laughs> it's his weekend nickname. <laughs> Sorry, I've just been entertaining myself. Did you tell them? <laughs> I said, Isabel. Is yeah, your said, we- are you Isabel? I was like, I don't think I so. I told the audience it's your weekend name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was definitely what's called a raw moment behind the glass. You can leave that bit in bed. Um, wow. So what were we talking about? Yes, the, the 360. No, not. <laughs> so yeah, the big reason why I'm doing this huge adventure this year with the 360 is that, oh, I've got the chance to do it because yeah, next year will probably be a lot about the GT3. Obviously mm-hmm. got the F-Type as well. The 360 I'm planning to have as the sort of special occasion car, you know, let's face it. And actually I had this chat with Aldous um, when I went down there uh, last week. You know, that car is only going to get more and more expensive to run. You know, 50,000 miles now, 20 years old. Yeah, of course. I I thought it was lovely. I I, I thought it was the best example and it cost you £1,200 a year to run. No, I I think I said... Two grand, didn't I? 1,200 quid. I said 1,200 quid. Yeah, I that's, said budget 1,200 quid. That's greatly gone up now because that was six months ago and you've spent a yeah. ton of money on it since. <laughs> I have spent a ton of money. You said 1,200 quid oh, at enough. the very start of the year, so oh, about fine. eight months ago. Oh, fine. Okay, well, yeah, I've had to increase that because of, of course this year. Because it was coming. But but no, of course, like, it is the best example. Yeah. It is incredibly well-maintained, but it's just, it's a old law of physics. Yeah, law of time. You yeah. can't fight time. It's old. So, yeah, yeah with that kind of margin, that kind of age, it is just going to get more and more expensive to run. So it will be my special occasion car so that it feels super special, so that it feels like something completely different to what else I'm driving. Um, it is completely different to a GT3. So mm. even though it's got, they've got manual transmissions, no concerns there. I mean, completely different experience in my mind, at least. So No, there will be. Yeah. So yeah, the 360 will, of course, still be my baby, my joy, but it will just be used less frequently. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but it's yeah. not, not going to be a collector's item. I'm still going to be taking it on trips and going places and using it on sunny days like today. Um, but I'm also excited to spend a lot of time with the GT3. Yeah, well, you, you, your 360 is your forever car, isn't mm, it? You're not, mm. You have absolutely no intention of selling that. At some point, you will sell the GT3. It's not. It's not going to be a, a forever car, right? At this so, point, we don't know. But but yeah, I would assume. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going into it thinking it's a forever car. Yeah. But you know, 360 in the drive of the world. Yeah, I did about ten miles. In do that you get car. sentimental round cars? Like do, I know you have the. I know you have the 360, but and I get that. That's your special car. But do you like think? Like, oh yeah, I'm going to keep this forever. Like oh, I really no, miss that car. No, no, no. I I miss moments with cars so my original f-type i did so much with it it was yeah. so important in my life as seen through glass yeah that i reminisce about that car yeah and i adore it would i have it back no yeah you know i, I no, i'm not that sentimental just yeah. with the th- and you know what if push really came to shove if i was like i've achieved a lot in my life and someone came along and offered me my dream challenge Stradali on the perfect occasion would i sort the moderner there's a tiny potential that i would a tiny potential. Well, that's your dream. Which, you know, 360. So, uh, sorry, the, the chance the, the, Yeah. Yeah. So why like, would you not? I exactly. If it, if it all fell into place, yeah. but, but fundamentally that's, and so as sentimental as I am about my car and as much as I want to keep it forever and I never plan on changing it, even that, if all the circumstances fell into place, I would consider moving on. I always see cars as a memory, you see. So, so I, I don't get sentimental around cars. Partly because of my job, but but the 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 nice cars that I have had for down the years, I don't, I'm not I'm not unhappy to see him go, 
because most of the time I've done stuff in them and I've got the memory, which is the most important thing because that's the whole point of owning a car and having the memory and the, the, the look back of, of what what you've done in it. And when you when you slip, flip that on ahead, uh, originally that, that was the good thing about Instagram because if you have an Instagram account, you could look back on some of the things you've done. I mean, it's not like that now, but early Instagram, you would take a picture of your car and it would almost act like a photo album. You'd flip back through Instagram and you go, oh, I remember that. And occasionally I do that now. Look, go back three or four years, some of the trips I've done in some of the cars and it's nice, but it's just a shame that Instagram isn't what it is anymore yeah, for that yeah, reason. Yeah, talk about the death of Instagram. The death. They are slightly trying to reel it back in, but I still kind of hate that platform. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's 360 update for you. Uh, Andy Ralston, if Tony had to pick one with a gun to your head, Resto Mod, which one would it be as your oh. weekend car? I don't think you know many. Um... Flipping hell, resto mod. Sinner. Singer. Is that a resto mod? Singer. Singer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Is that because it's the only one you can think of? No, not just because it's the only thing, because it's, it's based on a Porsche and they they probably do it the best. So so when I was in Germany, I went to Mechatronic, mm. who resto mod Pagodas. And they put more modern, not modern, but more modern V8s into pagodas that'd be cool update all the electronics yeah and swear about the suspension what i didn't know about pagoda <laughs> is okay and forgive me here anyone who's mechanically or engineering minded and so you might be able to help out tony disclaimer the yeah the rear suspension on the pagoda independent essentially if you lift the car on a jack or yeah on a lift the they, wheels do that yeah they go yeah. like that yeah Apparently, when you heavily brake, the same thing happens. Really? Yes. It's really bad. And that's why those cars are quite dangerous to drive at speed or or in anger. Because as, as the weight pushes forward, the rear axle just... Oh. So they do a lot of work to try and, you know, work a little bit on that to try and make the car a bit better to but drive. But back then in the in the 60s, that car, when it was probably yeah. revolutionary, they probably thought, well, they did the jump Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But obviously now a bit dangerous. Yeah. Damn but right. Dangerous. I always thought that would be the immediate car you choose as a classic but you just think yeah no i mean i didn't know they'd done that but yeah it was a you know the the singer is probably something you can drive as well right that that merc is a real cruising you know you wouldn't want to go fast in that car you know that would just be a waft along to the seaside yeah 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 i want to i want to experience that new singer dls i've seen a few of them being delivered now no idea that's the lightweight one that they've been showing right. good with for the last few years okay unbelievable thing uh, Eamon McGrath asked Tony's thoughts on the SF90, but I imagine he asked that before the episode uh, that we did yeah. dedicated to that. Francesco Mezzuoso. Sorry, Francesco, I just butchered your surname. Just Francesco. <laughs> Francesco, mate. Um, do you see Leclerc ever going away from Ferrari, especially after this year of infinite chaos? And if so, where do you think he'll go? I'm really struggling to answer those questions, especially the second one. You know... Did we ever think Vettel would leave Red Bull? Did we ever think Hamilton would leave McLaren? I, I For sure, I think Leclerc could leave Ferrari. It feels a little, it would feel a bit surprising and a bit shocking. We we spoke about this little bit briefly yesterday. At the live event. At the live event. And, and I think you sort of summed it up fairly well that Leclerc's only two years into Ferrari. Is he mm -hmm. two years into Ferrari? Uh, three years. Uh, yeah, okay. So he's on his third year now, right? So he's done two years, he's on his third. He's now got a competitive car. So take the first two years away. He's now got a competitive car, arguably the fastest car. And and quite rightly, you pointed out that Max used to make them mistakes two or three years ago. And Leclerc just needs to re- calibrate and retune himself that he's got to go to another level to 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 be like essentially max and lewis once he gets to that level i mean he, he, he could he could dominate with max you know but it's just whether he can get to that next level because there there obviously is another level that max and lewis operate in can Leclerc jump to that? And the rest of the drivers. But the thing, I think, and the Francesco's question here, which is also the other side of the argument with Leclerc in this season, is Ferrari, who are just in 
absolutely no place to win a championship right no. now. You know, they are not only falling apart reliability-wise, but strategy-wise. I mean, it's it's an ongoing meme. I mean, Twitter, yeah. you know, it's just a disaster. And so could we see a place where if Leclerc irons out his mistakes, is able to be more consistent? And to be fair, he has made two fairly huge mistakes, oh, like yeah. big mistakes. Mm. But if the car had been more reliable and Ferrari hadn't had such strategic blunders, he probably would be, at not, if not leading the championship, he'd be right there. Yeah. Because people have done those calculations and they say, you know, if you, have, if you put his mistakes aside and Ferrari's reliability and strategic blunders weren't there, he'd be leading the championship. So yeah. could he get so frustrated with Ferrari, he goes, right, jump and ship. I think potentially. I, I think never say never in F1. Like if you're someone who wants to win a championship, you'll go where the fastest where, car where, is. Doesn't I mean, matter where your heart it, is. It's not, it's not just that either. In general, mate, in general the the best drivers get the best cars no, in but the, general, right? Yeah, but, but the point being, would he choose to leave Ferrari? Like Ferrari, one of the most iconic teams, the team that he's dr- dreamed of driving for, who are giving him race a race-winning car, a car able to win a race. It's not like he's sitting there going, oh, the cream has got to rise to the top. Like he's not ri- driving in an Alpha Tower. He's mm. going to be choosing to leave Ferrari. Yeah, but where does he go then? Well, theoretically, to a more competitive or car. It's like Hamilton leaving McLaren to go to Mercedes. At the time, everyone said this is a complete disaster. Yeah, it was a terrible You're moving car. backwards, you're yeah. going to the midfield or the grid, but obviously worked its way through. So it's not, it's, not, it's not about, oh, well, he's one of the quickest drivers, so he's going to end up in the quickest team. He's already in the quickest team. Yeah. So that's the question. Would, could we imagine him leaving? I think yes, for sure. But he's actually not in the quickest team, is he? Red Bull, because they're winning the constructors think, and the championship. But I think that's Ferrari's blunder. I think on a pace... I think Ferrari have the faster car. If you look at pole over positions... Over one lap or, or yeah. over a race pace? But even on race pace, apart from that spat of Grand Prix where Verstappen on straight line speed, I think it was three or f- three, maybe four races where he just yeah, ran ten, away. Ten kilometres faster. Exactly. Once yeah. Ferrari had addressed that, Ferrari, I think, have had... I mean, France, for example, that was Leclerc's race to lose and he lost it. And, it was, yeah. <laughs> um, and again, what did we just... Uh, where were we just now? Uh, uh, Budapest? Where did we just... Fall? Yeah, Budapest. Yeah, Leclerc yeah. was faster and then yeah. they blundered it on the tyres. Yeah. So I do think they've got the faster race car. Yeah. I think they're just absolutely screwing it up. Yeah, okay. Uh, Matt Oliver, where's the GT4 hype... Tra- where's the GT4 RS hype train disappeared to? Seems to be another car that goes so hype before release and it's underwhelming after release. Well, like the Amira. Well... I'm really with you on this, Matt. I think that the 4RS is one of those cars that every single journalist said it's the best driving car. It's the best Porsche driver's car ever. This is maybe the best Porsche ever. I'm obsessed. This is incredible. But fundamentally, as we've spoken about before, it's not a 911. No. That's the biggest problem with the 4RS. It's not a 911. Yeah. because I like the GT4 RS. I've seen a couple in person and I like the idea of it. It's a mid-engine car. It's good power. It would suit me down to the ground. But if I had the two side by side, I'd still buy a GT3. And it's harder to get than a GT3. Yeah. So I think there's not a lot of hype because not a lot of people have got them coming. Yeah. And yeah, it's like a Pista <laughs> versus... <laughs> an 812 Competizione or a TDF, whatever. The big daddy cars will always be the big daddy cars. Mm. And in the Porsche lineup, a 911 RS product, it's still, is always going to get more, I think, appreciation and hype than the mid-engine entry stuff. As cool as that car is, it's just falling a bit flat. But, you know, you know, every journalist, like with the Alpine A110, not with the Amira. I think the Amira. Well, they slacked that like, off a bit more, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, the, as we've known, the people. I think I'm finally going to get behind the wheel of it. I hope uh, in a month or so. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. So so four RS might go down that same path, but I don't think it will because I think once people start owning them and driving them, everyone will say it's incredible. Not known of any of them gone for sale or been sold yet. So I, I literally looked to see if any have been flipped. Mm, Not one list on the market. No, yet. I, I haven't. I haven't heard or seen or. Let's see if there's any in Europe. Keep checking. Maybe. Um. Yeah. All, all the all the big dealers that, that would normally get them, you know, I know them and speak to them, and and they haven't been offered one, or so maybe Porsche have been really good at, or the dealers have actually been really good at giving them to people that aren't going to flip them, or, you know, who knows? Maybe there's just not many in the country yet. I, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure there's no more than a handful of GT4 RSs 
been delivered in the country yet. Very, very so, small numbers. Yeah. So here we go. In Europe, there's a handful, um, 260,000 euros, 260,000 euros. There's two. There's two and they're both listed at 260,000 euros, not physical cars. It's too much money. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, Justin Bridden, have you had PPF or ceramic coating applied to your F-type? Also, have you considered organising a behind-the-glass road trip? Uh, nothing applied to the F-type yet. I want to get it fully detailed. Probably wouldn't go PPF. I, I, ceramic coating's enough for me. I've spoken quite a lot. I'm not a massive fan of PPF. It's done a good job on the 360 this year, but I wouldn't tend to get it done, usually. Um, and behind-the-glass road trip, absolutely. I mean, mm. I don't know if you're asking whether Tony and I are going to go on a road trip or like like getting you guys involved in a road trip, but we can probably discuss briefly both. Yeah. Um, so yes, we obviously did the Mille Emilia. We also did our adventure through the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, but we are, are looking at right now a trip to California. Yeah. So come really I think cool. November time, we're trying to work around the LA Auto Show. So our US listeners... Please get in touch if you're if you're West Coast based uh, and you've you've got some suggestions or some ideas or some filming opportunities for Tony and I. We're going to be trying to line up a load of test drives and some explosions. Tony's never been to California, no. So I want to take on some canyon roads. We're also going to be doing some work at the auto show and exclusive. Mm-mm-mm. We may and we hope to do our first international. Behind the glass line. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. Go big and go America. Oh my God, go America. Go big. We have some donuts. Um, but yeah, so so stay tuned for that. But that that will probably be our next behind the glass trip, I Fair. think. Um, yep. And are we ever going to do road trips with you guys? We do talk about this every now and again. Yeah, could, we do, yeah. Could we expand the lives to have a bit of a drive and stuff like that? But it's a lot because there's lots of you. Yeah. <laughs> and we just want to make sure that if we ever did something like that, we would do it very properly, yeah. safely, enjoyably. Everyone yeah. has a good time. There's not 150 cars trying yeah. to get up the A3 or something yeah. like that. So well, stay tuned. It's, yeah. it's, it's something we... Yeah, yeah. We, we've definitely spoke about it for sure. Simon Kidd, uh, I always find Tony's insights to market conditions really interesting. So maybe an update on lead times, secondhand prices, etc. But I'd be really interested to see if there's a difference between sports prestige and prestige cars, etc., and ordinary cars. Um, okay, so I think he's basically just saying, like, what's going on with the car market? Everything's gone down, basically. There's still a wait for well, new cars. So, so, so used car prices are going down? Ha- have been for seven months, mate. Okay, so yeah. used car prices have gone down. Yeah. Uh, wait times, are they reducing on new cars? New cars. Yeah. Um, well, there is there is still big waits for, for lots of different makes of cars, but... That doesn't matter because there's lots of used cars on the market. So, you know, if, if you know, people people tell me, oh, people offer me cars and they'll say, oh, I've got a new Golf R, there's an 18 month wait for them. If there's 300 used ones on the market, I mean, yours makes 301. I mean, yeah. you know, it just goes in with the rest of them. So it's all supply and demand. We started to see it come off back end of last year, September, October. I think I mentioned to mm-hmm. you that it was starting to come off. And then definitely into the new year there will be exceptions as there always is there'll be pockets of cars that have been okay and still okay but in general the market's come right back off the last seven or eight months do you find there's any difference in as as simon's asking different pockets of the market so i think we you know super high-end sports stuff like uh, Pistas, uh, 765 LTs, GT3s, whatever, they're still holding? Yeah, so they, from what I know is they've been okay. Uh, but again, sometimes s- some stuff stay the same. I can give you a really good example. The AMG Black Series, they're still around the same sort of money listed, but they're not selling. So that means mm. that's they're not. that's not what they're worth. Do you know what I mean? Because the same ones are still around. And um, even if they come off, it doesn't mean they're sold. It just means they could be on sale or return and the owners would have had them back because they can't sell and they can't have their 100 grand profit. And, you know, some cars, like some 911s, and and there's lots of others as well, but using 911 as an example, because they got, you know, a used car ended up becoming over list. They started to fetch so much money everyone sold their cars and put the markets put the cars on the market so all that does is, is bring the prices down mm. so th- there's lots of cars on the market now and the demand's gone yeah so mm, it's sort of gone back to pre-covid now where okay. 
you know, market's still strong, it's but still not like, it's just okay. okay. It's just okay that you know if 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 you think you're sitting on a car now and it's still going up every month, you're about eight or nine months late. Okay, because there was that insane period where we saw literally diesel golfs going. It's being sold at list at list. You yeah, know, after after six thousand miles. Yeah, around. but that's long gone. Long gone. Hope that doesn't scare you too much, Simon. <laughs> or anyone else. Uh, Ian Lyons. Um, hey, hope you're both well. We are, Ian. Thanks for asking. Thank you. Uh, Non-car related, but more about owning your own business. How do you keep a balance between driving your business forward and time to switch off? Also for Sam, how does this impact your creativity? I'm really enjoying the content you produce for the main channel, but it must be hard to carve out time to plan to be creative. Well, we've spoken about this quite a bit in the last few weeks with our planned mm. well, time off from the podcast. Um I'll throw it to you first, Tony, because I think we're both quite similar. But yeah, how do you manage, I guess, work-life balance, really? I don't switch off, Yeah, basically. I'm always, there's always something going around in my head. Don't, whatever it is, it is what it is. I, I never switch off. Even when I'm on holiday, I don't switch off. And I'm still at work. But, but, does that lead to a burnout? Does that lead to times where you're feeling a bit exhausted and a bit sort of over work and like what happens when you're with your kid and what happens when you're at dinner with your family and things like that like are there times when you're a bit like oh, i wish i could switch off uh i don't wish i can switch off it's the life i chose it's what i chose to do i've i manage it i i, I obviously understand and i've trained myself that i have a i have a bit in my brain that i have to s spend time with molly and my daughter and um, there, there's a couple of things that I do personally in my life that does enable me to relax and switch off playing football is one. Um, oddly, going to spas. We spoke about this. It's it's a, a spas a really odd one because even when I go on holiday, I can't completely switch off. But when I'm in a spa and my phone's on the side. It, it, there's just something inside of me that goes, well, that's it now. I'm in this pool or I'm just laying relax, on the bed. Yeah. I, I, I'm, it's like my relaxed place. But it's it's rare, mate. It's, it, you know, it, it's that, the life I chose. It's, it for is what sure. it is. But I think actually it's it's very important. And you you maybe sometimes have a bit of an old school mentality, but also the fact that, heck, mate, like you, you've got to keep going because of the way that you're built and who you are. Yeah. You never want to stop with because of the motivation to never go backwards. No, yeah, So, yeah. so uh, that is inbuilt in you. But I think it is important for everyone to also find ways, whatever small ways, as you say, spa or football, whatever, yeah. just to every now and again, uh, take your mind off things without, you know, losing track. Well, some <laughs> or, people or can your switch off. off. Ball. Some people can, and they're very, very good at it. Yeah. Some really, really good businessmen, and I, I don't put myself in that category at all, but some someone that, that, that that's really, really dumb, they're really good at on and off, yeah. you know, and they have they have routines when you when you speak to and read some of some of the stuff that these Elon Musk and stuff. Um, Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. He has a, a real routine in the morning of, 
I mean, I couldn't do it personally. It wouldn't suit me, but he has a real routine yeah. of not looking at his phone and he goes for a run and he eats a certain breakfast. Well, it's thinking and he, time. And I think, I mean, yeah. Ian's hit the nail on the head. Sorry to interrupt, but I think Ian's hit the nail on the head with just that. And on my side of the business, I guess it's a bit more creative. And, and that's why I need to find ways to reset or take time because, yeah, when you're doing lots of other things, it's really hard to be creative. You just yeah. fall into a rut of doing the same things over and over and again. And yet, yeah, you because you do so much and you have many things going on, I think sometimes people just assume that you're running a dealership, but you're a businessman with fingers in many pies, yeah, yeah. but also doing lots of things that I, yeah, think, yeah. I think you, you maybe switch off from gravel wood by focusing on something else. Do you know what I mean? like, like in a weird way, do you see what I'm saying? Where sometimes I see that your mind for a week or a couple of weeks will be a little bit more focused on a different project yeah. and then you'll go back. And I think maybe you don't realize you're doing it, but that gives you a break from the dealership every single day. Maybe. You know, so so you're, you're always thinking on stuff, but yeah. I, I noticed that in you that yes, you are always go, go, go. Yeah. But but if you're focused on one thing or, or doing the one that, then creatively, it's very hard to step back and think, right, how do I push this forward? What can I do next? What what can I do that's going to move this forward over the next three, five, ten years? Yeah. If you're just in it every single day. Yeah. Sometimes you need to sort of step away. Or at you least know, I find I'm, I need to. You know one thing I'm really bad at, and this happens quite a lot, and some of you would even probably pick up to it in the podcast, is when I'm talking sometimes, I could be talking, and then suddenly I'll pause or I'll start to talk slow. That's because something's popped up in my head to do with work. And, I, and I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm trying to talk at the same time. And as most of you know, men are no good at multitasking. But that happens. Uh, that happens all the while, mate. That I can be having literally having a conversation with someone, and I'll shut them out. I can hear them, but I'll shut them out. It's really weird because something's popped into my head, work related, that in my head I've got to deal with. And then I can go back to talking to that person. But I do it mid-front. I do it on this podcast. You'll see. You'll, you'll, sometimes I just like... People will pick up on it more now that you've mentioned it. But yeah. I, th- I think I think inherently, Ian, <laughs> that is built into Tony. I think, I yeah. think, you know, that's quite a hard thing to train yourself to do. Because, you know, his, his definite, his question is, how do you keep a work-life balance? And from what you've said... You don't. You just have a work. Yeah. <laughs> you know that there's not a work life. But balance. you do as well, mate. You're a workaholic as well. You know, and I think, I think if you're going to achieve something in your life, you 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 have to have that. That mm. has to be installed in you. You have to like what you're doing because the age old saying is, you know, if you find something you enjoy to do and you'll never work another day in your life. And I get up every morning at. And I'm an early bird, and I get up, and I, you know, I, I work straight away before I even leave my house. I'm, I'm working, I'm doing something, you know, related to work. Um, but I enjoy it. Yeah, I, you yeah, know, no, I, I, well, I it love it. It doesn't feel like way. Well, someone asked me that at the live yesterday. Said, "Oh, you know, how do you manage all this stuff?" Like, because, because as you said, you, you, I wake up and I'm not going. Oh God, I've got to. I've got to send that email. I've got to import that footage. I've got to yeah. edit this. I've got to plan that next. I'm like, sick, right? Yeah. You know, there's yeah, a yeah, motivation yeah. level. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and I get where you're trying to come from. And I, I think, yeah, for sure, I, I'm definitely, it, it, I definitely push myself to step back creatively every now and again, take time to let the creative juices refresh. Because I know how to make a scene through glass video. I could do it in an hour. I can make it. I can with make your eyes shut with yeah, my eyes yeah, shut. Yeah. Like I can make a, but I don't creatively enjoy that. And creatively, I want to push myself forward, and I want to be inspired, and I want to be motivated. So I don't enjoy sort of back to basics, how to make a scene through glass video and the way to be inspired and think up new video avenues and tar- and how to push this podcast forward and how to reinvent the channel. I have to step back for a second and just, you know, not pick up the camera. Cause if I pick up the camera when I'm in that kind of rut, I just make the most generic video. And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's a little cram. Mm. <laughs> so creatively I need more time, but yeah, yeah work life otherwise. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Billy Perkis. Uh, hi guys. I've got seven and a half grand as a budget to spend on a fun car for the summer. I don't mind what it is. I'm just looking for maximum driving enjoyment. We'll probably sell it again. I mean, not a clue. I'm going to say MX5. MX5. Yeah. No, perfect. MX5. It's absolutely yeah, perfect. Yeah. For that the summer, car. like done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, seven and a half. Or grand. a little hot hatch. I just, I just wouldn't know what's. Little Fiesta budget. hot hatch or, or something like that. Yeah. Anything. Little hot hatch or a little MX5. Perfect. 
Uh, Akil, uh, who's been to quite a few of our live events with his beautiful black uh, 981 GTS. Uh, he's saying he's potentially looking I'm to- I'm not him again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like we're related, I see him so much. Potentially moving up from the Cayman. Budget around 100K, what would you get out of these? 991.1 GT3, uh, 901.1 Turbo S, uh, 570S McLaren, a Ferrari 430 on AMG GTR. AMG GTR without a shadow of a doubt. I would say GTR or I think the I think the 991 Turbo S is a good car. Maybe not exciting enough for him. Mm, yeah. I wouldn't I I wouldn't get the 570S not because I'm a McLaren hater but just because I think you'd be disappointed. Yeah. I think you'd be potentially disappointed. I think I think that Merc for 100 odd grand for what it does for what it for what it gives you I can't really think Audi R8 possibly but Again, the Merc's got more character. I think that that's what for for a hundred grand. I really can't think of much better on the market than one of them. I, I think they're I, great. I don't like that GTR very much. No, I know, but you used to. You've just gone off I it. I don't think I ever really did, mate. Didn't you? I don't think I ever really did. No, mm. it's never really. I don't like how bloody huge it is inside. You sitting, you feel like you're sitting about three football fields away from your passenger. Yeah, but you get used to it, mate. I mean, you, you know, you're it's right true. on the rear axle. You are, yeah. But it, honestly, within ten or fifteen minutes, I think it's a great car because it does like you, it's like a GT car. You can take it on track. Don't not for very long, but you can. You know, you can. You it looks cool. It does look really good, mate. It's yeah, got they've great got, they've road got presence. presence sounds all right. I like all the button layouts, the buttons, everything's fiddly. Yeah, and but that was, you know, it was 2017, 2018, and we're all like that then. Look at McCann. I'd get a Vantage. Oh, no. I'd get a new shape Vantage. Would you? Yeah. Oh, I think 100k no. sports car. No. I don't really no. fit in the R8 that well, otherwise I would have chosen the R8. But yeah. Or the NSX. I think... Mm, a bit dull, isn't it? GTR's a bit dull. Um, anyway, uh, Kev Arkless, would love to hear Tony's option, uh, opinion on the current car market. We've just talked about that, really, what's still hot and what's cooled off. Um, so, yeah, Kev, uh, go, go back. <laughs> go back. <laughs> go back. Uh, James Fleming, Tony really liked the Roma and was talking about getting one. Did he ever put an order in? Oh, uh, well, I'm going to get one for the winter, actually. Oh, are you? No, I am. Yeah, I'm going to get a used one, yeah. I'm going to oh, drive it for the winter. Lad. Yeah. Oh, I'll be so interested to hear how you get on. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I want to know what it's like to live with a room. I always loved it, and we had that yeah, great experience did, in the yeah. of France. But, oh, well done, I, mate, I, finally. I, I really want to compare it to the Turbo S, because it's very similar money. Sure. They, they're very similar in terms of performance. Okay, you can argue that a Turbo S... Um, obviously to 60 because it's four-wheel drive is fast. I was going to so. say, that's the thing, four-wheel drive versus rear-wheel drive. Yeah, right? that that would be... that w- Practicality, there's probably not a great deal in it because it's mm. got a big boot, the Roma, whereas the Turbo S has got a fairly sized front boot. Um, tech... <laughs> it's probably between Turbo S, Roma, and what, Bentley Continental yeah. GT, those three are probably quite good rivals, right? Yeah, they are. They all do they all do things a bit similar. I just I just think probably out the three, the Turbo S would do everything a little bit better. Like as an all round yeah. package, you know, like maybe maybe to cruise as a GT car, the the Bentley would the be Bentley, better. Yeah. To attack a canyon road, the Roma oh, would yeah. probably be the best. It's closely followed by a Turbo S, by the way, because dynamically it's very sure. good, the Turbo S. But the Turbo S would easily do both very good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just not sure it's got the style and the elegance of the other two. I, I mean... It's the most money as well mm. on the used market. It's the most money out that you know you, you'd you'd get a, a a Bentley and a Roma for if not the same money, a bit cheaper than a Turbo S, which blows my mind because them two brands as brands are more exclusive than than yeah. Porsche. Yeah, no, so, it's it's mad to see the demand yeah. for that new Turbo S is high, but it's come oh, off. Though. I can't wait. When do you think you're going to pick that up? Um, yeah. well. I, <laughs> I, I'm not 100% sure because I've got to find one yet, okay. but but my Ferrari dealer are actively looking now. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, I might even have it for the next live show. <gasps> yeah. Get out of town. Maybe, yeah, but I'm being very specific on colour and spec. So I want a dark colour car. So okay. we'll, we'll see, mate. Dark brown? No. no. 
<laughs> chance. Uh, Luke Camfield. Hi, Sam and Tony. Hope you're both well. Uh, can you offer any advice on wrapping a car? Things to look out for, expected costs. Yeah, don't do it. No, I wouldn't say don't do it. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think it'd be great. The wrapping sanctuary just did the X3, an amazing job they did. They're super nice guys based down uh, south south coast, so I highly recommend them. Mm. Uh, lots of other companies out there all over the UK. Um, uh, costs, I would say probably you're looking at these days probably a depends couple on of the grand. car, mate. I think probably a couple of grand is probably these days a, a mm. fairly good estimate. I mean, it depends, yeah, on the car, so the size of the car, how much material they need, the type of material you're going to use, different materials are more expensive. In Nosatech is what I just used on the uh, X3, is very good, very paint-like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but I would say for most cars, two grand is a kind of good starting point. Um, I think, would say that would be a mid-range normal car, two grand, mate. I mean, you wouldn't... Yeah, like a sports coupe. I don't think you'd wrap a supercar or an SUV for two grand. Really? No, I don't uh. think so. Not retail. You okay. know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I'm trying to think. It's been a while. So obviously, Raps actually just did my X3. Dub Customs were the last people that really... Oh, and Yanni did some stuff for me as well. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, go find out. Reach yeah. out to you. Okay, let's let's say two and a half, three grand. Get some say. quotes. Get some quotes. What we're saying because things to look out for. No, I mean until you've got the car back, it's hard to, hard yeah. to know. Go ask to see other cars. There after. are good and bad. Like there, you know, there's good rappers and there's bad rappers. Like in any business, you know, there's there's but good it's YouTubers temporary. and bad YouTubers. Yeah, very much. So. Look at us too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's a temporary thing. Don't expect it to be like paint. You know, you might have some defects here that you might have little bubbles, you might have a little, but like, it's it's just a bit of fun, isn't it, wrapping a car? Yeah. If you actually want to change the color of a car, then save up some money and go and repaint it. Uh, Peter Hopkins, if you uh, ever had the money, would you start up your own racing team? No. I I would love to do some racing. Would you start your own racing team? I wouldn't start team? my racing team because no. you've got to be really wealthy to do yeah. that. And, and I honestly just think racing is a waste of money. In but general. if you had the money, like I would, it's not what I would do. I'd, I'd go and buy a Formula One car from Ferrari and do Corsa Cliente or something. Mm, what are you doing it for as well? Like, unless you're going to make, don't forget, most people that have got, most race teams, by the way, are funded. So mm. when you look at like Lance Stroll, for instance, for instance, he's a very clever businessman. That won't be all his money. Mm. It'll be from shareholders and mm-hmm. stuff like that so he won't be actually using his his own money and that's that's the real way to do it really <laughs> go racing with someone else's money and convince someone with sponsors and stuff like that but yeah putting your own money in i mean flipping hell most of the red bull f1 team i believe or i've been told is owned by the red bull can company the company that make the cans for red bull that's where the money is that's where the money is yeah in the cans the cans um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't start a racing team, but I, I agree with you. I'd like to do some racing. Yeah, me too. Uh, Toby, what got you into cars? Uh, for me, it was F1 and my mum. Uh, what got me into cars? I, I, I just, I think I just thought when I come out, I think. Come out of what? The closet? Come out of my mum. Oh. <laughs> I think, I think from when I just always liked cars. Since I was a little boy, I used to push them on the floor when I was two or three. Yeah, make noises. Yeah, just to get the saucepan and pretend to drive, sit on my bed. It's like cars. And then just always liked them, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? It's hard to know why. Yeah, because I think it's from such a young age, yeah, I think. it's always like them. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Holiday with escalating fuel costs, would you consider an EV as a daily run around? Daniel, you've launched that in there as a little, just a, just a fun bomb to drop into midway through the Q&A. Um, now, oh, should I talk about this? But to, what, what, say it again. He's just asking if we'd have an EV as a runaround because of the fuel costs. Well, I mean, the, the obvious answer is no. We're, no, we're, we're, no. But can I tease something that we're going to be doing? Yes! Season six teaser for you. We or me? We. We? Are we, we are getting into bed with. Oh. We're going to go deep into Ooh. a heavily advanced, right up there, already creating, already using synthetic fuel company yes it's very be amazing good. i just had this call this morning i'm so excited oh, about that's what i don't know planned. about it. yeah yeah so very space. but uh, jokes aside daniel for two seconds i would have got an ix3 if i thought vicky if i was more comfortable with vicky charging and uh, that infrastructure i didn't want because it's the car that she uses most and she doesn't do that many miles but she will go down and see my parents every now and again yeah or she'll go and see she's got friends all over the uk I didn't want the thought of her flapping stuck at the M40, not knowing what to do. Yeah. Like, and I, look, that's harsh and it on is her. It's a good little car. Not say that she's not. By the way, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the yeah. RX3. I think I keep seeing RX3. Yeah. But 
anyway, it made more sense at this point. Yeah. Um, Liam Concannon, uh, what's the best supercar ever made or existed? I mean, Liam, it's like asking who's your favourite parent. I mean, yeah. like, LaFerrari. No, Chiron. Chiron. Enzo. Josh Kemp on cars. Thoughts on Overland slash Safari spec cars. What's your thought? Because we're getting this hurricane. What's it called? Staranta, Saranta, whatever. Oh. The 911. I think they're going to call it the 911. Dakar is coming. The race type 911. Yeah. What else have we seen? The, that um, Morgan, that off-roading Morgan Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what is all that about? What are your thoughts? Do you think they're a joke? Yeah, you know, just it's just another way for a manufacturer to get some money out. Of it. <laughs> they, they, they've they've understood basically what they've seen is they've they've seen a little trend of people modding their cars, jacking them up, and then they thought, well, actually, there could be a call for this. Let's make some. We'll make 150 units. We'll sell them all out. Yeah, we'll sell um, them out. I'm so with you. I think it's so. Po- I mean, I don't think it's pointless. I think it's it's cool that it's being done, but they should be one offs. They should mm. be little fun concepts. I think that's what the Morgan was, or maybe they are going to build ten of those Morgans. Yeah. I can't remember. But like, it should be like a. Remember when manufacturers used to do uh, almost like a concept car, but a more of a realized concept car of like this is what we could do mm. if the if the hands were tied. What's it called? The leashes were taken off. Yeah. This is a fun engineering thing that comes out of car shows. Like, that'd be cool. I, who like needs an to, LFA? Why are you... No, mate, because that was the proper production run. That was a proper car. What are you on about? Yeah, but, but it's, we still look at we, what we can do. Yes, a, amazing engineering yeah. feat. Um, like Veyron when it come out. For sure, like, like yeah. to, just to show the capabilities of the company. Yeah. But I think, why are you buying a 992 Safari or Dakar? I'm going to say this, I'll probably buy one, but you know I mean? like, like, what, are, what are you really doing? Are you re- like, what are you saying about yourself? Do you not think it's the rise of the SUV market though? Because it's like the Taycan Cross Turismo. Are you actually off-roading in a Taycan? No. No. Am I actually off-roading in my X3? Definitely not. You'll get over a rock and you've got to charge it. So I guess it's just the looks and... Yeah. yeah. Chris Brown. Oh, the singer. Maybe. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Would be very What's up, cool. Chris? Uh, Get him on. <laughs> question me the live event. I was sent a patron thing to display. Oh, this is a bit specific, uh, Chris. Uh, Chris, I'll come back to you individually because it's not, not one that applies it's to too much. Yeah. Uh, Frazier, uh, what automotive advancement innovation are you most excited about in the next five years or so? Not including battery EVs because we definitely know your opinion there. Uh, synthetic fuels. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Save the engine. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll recreate you hashtag save the engine yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin Caper will Alonso drive the whole grid before he retires I mean he could just jump between teams couldn't he yeah. uh, Laurie Mackerel agree with Kev market update so we thought we, we should have made more fuss of the market update because mm. everyone's been asking Laurie had a specific question about 992s is the gap between list and resale price really sustainable for much longer uh, GT- about a GTS about 170k with a list of 120 mm. um, and uh, rising interest rates amidst the lo- uh, cost of living crisis how will this impact things well I guess it's going to make finance from manufacturers from dealers you know p- dealer PCP is more expensive isn't it yeah the interest rates have got you know it, it's not it's not just that it's your mortgages it's any borrowing credit cards it's, it's the whole the whole shebang anything you get on credit is going to be more expensive but the UK car market has been so heavily finance driven over the last five or six years always P- will be PCPs yeah, etc yeah. so do you think with the increase in interest rates making PCPs and things like that more expensive we're going to see a downturn in purchasing of new cars or cars through dealers um, th- there may be a bit of a downturn but what will happen then is that they will subsidise it the, mm. the, the, the manufacturers will subsidise it in turn your car that you're in will go down even further to which point it will still make sense for you to buy a new car uh, Kieran, car, current market bargain cars. That's an episode, that is. That's, that, yeah. Actually, Kieran, thank you. Thank you. Season six, coming soon. Would you like a producer job? Uh, I just <laughs> did that 4G TV video, which I've slagged off so many times on this podcast. Um, but uh, everyone went in, for, in on me for saying, could this be an investment car? Because people are like, oh, enthusiasts shouldn't invest in cars. But let's all be realistic, it happens. Well, that's... <laughs> It, lots of enthusiasts invest. That's in what cars. they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and also, lots of other people invest in cars. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. What's it called? Um, rambling. Yes. Andrew Craig, uh, I saw you mention the panoramic sunroof in your F-Type in the video at the weekend, and oh. I know Tony recommended the sunroof in your previous X3, which you didn't take him up on. Mm, uh, I actually I did because sold my, it though. My new X3 does have a sunroof. Yeah. Uh, are there any other add-on specs that you consider must-haves? 
I, 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 don't, I don't really think that a panoramic roof is a must-have on a Jag. Oh, mate, I disagree. And a, from a cell, from a cell point of view, I'm thinking because I've sold them without roofs before, and I've sold them with roofs. Where I think it's an absolute must, and coming from experience, is SUVs. SUVs, in my opinion, provided it's one of the biggest market cars that I sell, they have to have a panoramic roof. Okay, so we're coming at it from two very different angles, as always. You're coming at it from a resale point of view, from a, being able to get out of the car and what people are looking for to buy on the used market. Yeah. I'm getting it from personal experience because the reason I love the F-type pan roof is you sit back behind the start of the pan roof. So when you open it up, you really get a lot of that Light. pan roof in your eye line. So you can actually see up and out of the car. So it gives you this feeling that you're in a convertible. Do you look up there when you're driving? No, but when I'm driving like this, it's in the periphery, isn't it? Your eyesight is not a letterbox. You don't look like you're looking through a sort of screen. You have what's called peripheral vision. Right. And so in the, I'm imagining it now, but in now the- I don't know why you drive so slow. In the you're F looking all over the place. In the F-type, as you're looking forward down the road, <laughs> your peripheral vision, the pan roof starts here. So you get a lot of that coming in from, from above you. Sun, lights, you know, trees, whatever. Uh, you get a lot of, you can, you can take it all in. So you feel like you're really uh, experiencing a lot more. Right. In every single SUV I've driven with a pan roof, when you're in the driver's seat and you have the pan roof open, you would have absolutely no idea. I have never once sat in an SUV with a pan roof and had open or closed and from my driver's seat known whether it's open or closed. Okay. But, but you... But you do know that people normally have panoramic roofs, one for light, to let light in, and two, to open it to get air. They don't care about seeing out of it. So many pan roofs are fixed. They are, yeah, but that's for light. Sure. But, but, but it's an option. The reason why they're fixed pan roofs, because it's another, it's another excuse for a, for a manufacturer to say, for an extra £1,500, you can have it open. For sure. Yeah. A great way to scam people. <laughs> yeah. But my point being, I think it's become one of those things, and I'm going to blame you here for it. Right. Where people say, oh, you must have, you've got to have a pan roof. From my point of view, you do. But, but of course, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But, but you're the problem. Thank you. <laughs> because I've got the pan roof on my X3 now. Yeah. And I didn't have it on the old X3. Yeah. Two things. In this heat wave, I have to keep it closed because otherwise the car cooks. Yeah. And secondly, when I'm driving, I could not tell the difference between having the pan roof open or closed. Okay. And it makes no difference to my life. The only time I notice it is when I open the door to get in, I go, ooh, what a nice light cabin when I'm stepping inside or if I'm in the passenger seat or the back seat. But do you ever have it open? Yes. No. Like physically open, yes. Physically yes. open. Right. Yes. And that's nice for you? Mm, I, no, it makes no I prefer the side windows because when I have it open, it goes the on the motorways and stuff. Right. But so would your side windows. Well. No, if you put both side windows down, it doesn't. You'll get buffed in. No, no, it doesn't buff it with the side windows. No? No. Huh? But the top... So I I, I, I like it. Now we spent four minutes on side No, 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 because it annoys me because I'm blaming you. <laughs> because, as I say, you. I think dealers, dealers put this pressure on, yo, you've got to have the pan roof in an SUV. Well, because... And, and my, my dad was the same. I did the same thing with my dad. I said, you've got to get the pan roof. Yes. Get the pan roof. And he said, I don't... And my mum's too. They're like, I don't understand. What, like, why? I don't notice it. I, in the driver's seat, I never noticed this pan roof. All right, then we'll order it without next time. And then when you ring up the dealer and say, will you sell my, will you, will you buy my car? And the dealer says, has it got panoramic roof? And they say, no. And the dealer says, I don't want to buy it. Well, there's your problem. It's you guys. You're the problem. You're no, the no. issue. Us customers, no. us customers, it's not such a big deal. But you, where, do we, where do we get, where do we buy and sell the cars to and from? Because you're saying to the customers public. that call you up, oh, you should get a car with a pan roof though because when you want to come to sell it, you're going to need a pan I, roof. I, I don't. You I, keep spinning it around. You I, keep spinning it around. I don't do that. That's the manufacturers that do that. But from my point of view, I don't build the cars, mate, by the way. No, I but know. But from my point of view, from a sale point of view, as a dealer, the, on an SUV particularly, the two big things that people ask me, has it got a panoramic roof? And has it got Apple CarPlay? They are the two real big things from my point of view. So from an SUV point of view, particularly, if it hasn't got a pan roof, we don't buy it as a dealer. Because, because it's the first thing they ask. Because they've been brainwashed by people like you. No, 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 they haven't been brainwashed by me because I haven't supplied them the car. No, they've been brainwashed by the manufacturer. Now, whether that's money incentivized or actually 
is the right thing to say or do. From my point of view, when I buy something that's got stock for stock, my own money that I've worked hard for, I want something that I'm going to be able to sell. Now, if something sold without a pan roof and 17-inch wheels, that's what I would want because that's what I want to sell. But unfortunately, they have to have big wheels, often black. They have to have Apple CarPlay and they have to have a sunroof. That's it. Well, you did very well because you are very talented at selling my car without a sunroof. So that does buck the trend. But I'm just saying that people's mentality, of course, has it got a pan roof is because this mass consensus that SUVs must have pan roofs. And it's, it's inbuilt in all of us and not just from the manufacturer because you just proven the point. You wouldn't take a car without a pan roof. And that spreads. So people go, oh, I've got to have a pan roof car because when I come to sell it, it's going to have to have a pan roof. But actually... As a customer experience, my experience, the, the F-Type Pan Roof is the only one that I've actually seen a benefit from, that mm. I've actually, as a driver, I've actually enjoyed and noticed yeah. personally. So I'd recommend a, a roof on a 911 or something like that as well. Pan Roof on a 911. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've driven a, gl- a, a yeah. Pan Roof. I do have a very good sales technique, though, with a car that hasn't got a Pan Roof. I cannot tell you what it is, but... I nail it every time, basically. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, Dean, uh, if you and Tony had to build a sports car daily driver, what parts engine would you take from other vehicles? Well, Dean, that's a big oh. question. That's a very long-winded question. That is a long-winded question. That's half an episode. Yeah, I think, you know, in general, it's fairly obvious, like PDK Gearbox from Porsche, as he suggested, yes. Seats, one of the best seats. Ferrari like, engine. Ferrari, Ferrari styling, Ferrari, but... Everything Ferrari in the yeah. PK gearbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, joking, I want or just or just a Ferrari in general, six speed manual uh, in a Ferrari. Yeah, no way. Lewis Cook, Tony's next car. Would he consider an eight twelve super fast? Mm, no, don't uh, think so. James Williams, new merch. Yes, working hard behind the scenes on that. I really want to do some really. Did you uh, look at your T-shirt from yesterday? By the way, beautiful. We've got to give a big shout. I need to bring up... He's a very nice man. Very nice man. Made some lovely custom embroidered t-shirts. Weren't they nice? Absolutely amazing. I really wanted to give him a shout out and I forgot to bring the card in with me. I'll I'll, I'll try and... He was very nice coming and introducing himself as well. He's a very nice man. Thank you, by the way. Essentially, what we've done so far, especially for you you patrons, um, uh, done some products and we've got a few more that we want to send out to you. I think got some updated keywings coming and things like that. But I really, in general, we, sorry, I want to come up with some really nice sort of high quality, really like designed and stylish products. Obviously these merch things are great as kind of just ways to like stamp your approval behind the glass and stuff that we can offer you. But we also want to create some stuff that we would want to wear. Hopefully you would want to wear that's not always necessarily so like behind the glass. It's more yeah. like just actual nice when stuff. We need to get Yager in. Balenciaga is the time that Tony's working on. So that takes time, unfortunately. It takes a lot more time than I realise, whittling down designs, supplies, and stuff. We, we do some great work already uh, with our supply for this patron stuff, and that's who we're trying to develop things with. So you stay tuned. Long, long story short, stay tuned. Uh, Oliver Loughton, can the live events be streamed to patrons? That's interesting. I asked this before, and a lot of you said no. Why don't you just come? No, well, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just come? Maybe he lives in, like, Dubai or something like that. Well... Don't say it. It's we'll go to Dubai then, no, especially okay. for you. Yes, we'll go to Dubai. I thought you were going to say, well, you fly here. <laughs> well, I, I asked previously about streaming episodes and people said no, because people were like, oh, we've got too many other commitments. And I said, should we stream when we record? And people said no. If there's now a demand for streamed episodes on Patreon, then we can look into it. Um, uh, James Giant, Sam, can you convince Porsche to move your GT3 allocation to a touring? Um, no, I did ask. <laughs> Everyone that I knew, that I asked. the it's, first thing that you asked. It's not possible, but I, I've now more and more settled into the wing car, and I, well, you got I'm, choice. More, I'm more and more excited. Well, you know, but also, like, the more I see the tourings, maybe I've convinced myself of this, the more I'm a little bit like, they're just too aggressive. I think. What do you mean? In the 992 variant, I think it's too, it's too much going on. In the 991, it's a beautiful looking car. Okay. 992, it's got that big rear diffuser, massive rear diffuser. Mm. It's with the, with the active deployable wing. I think on the 992, it looks a bit too big and garish. And the front with the painted front lip, I think is not as good looking. You're just looking for faults, mate, I think. Probably. Because you haven't got one. Last couple of questions then. Uh, Murray, could Sam have bought one of the last six-cylinder diesels in his X3? Isn't that what I've got? That's what you've got. But, what, but got, what they're saying is, do you think it'll be discontinued now? Oh, sorry. Maybe. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Murray. We just, like, <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't think it's going to push engine, the value that, up. By the way. Put that on Auto Trader. One of the last. Oh, please. Not, not again. Uh, and finally, Pete Madsen. 
thoughts on the upcoming Corvette Z06, which I think is the C8, the, the mid-engined? So I'm really keen for us to have a go in that when we yeah. go to America. Because it's Ooh, obviously offered now. We have one for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. it's obviously available now in Europe. Mm. But I think I think we should go and check one of those out. Well, I've seen some. I have seen some little reviews on it, and I've, and I've skirted past them. And they say it's proper car, mate. They it's do say it's thing. very good. Yeah. I have absolutely no desire for one. No, 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 like, no, no. It does not, I preferred the old one, the 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 front engine one. Yeah. This I don't love the styling. Mm. It doesn't do a lot for me. But I'm. I think we should go and have a go in one. Yeah. So we'll try and get that lined up. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, the Welsh. That brings Isn't an end it? to today's episode and season five. Oh. Behind the glass. Wow. How have we got through that? Another door closed. Another door closed. Don't know what season six will bring, but hopefully lots uh, of the uh, same. Uh, an, a, a new uh, thing. Intro. Yeah. Stop saying that because we haven't got time. We're <laughs> under pressure. We're both away for the next four weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but thank you so much to, of course, our patrons who are amazing, but all of you that have listened and supported season five. It's been our biggest season yet. Has it? It's, yeah. Pushed us to number one in the UK automotive podcast charts. Again. Top 10 in the leisure podcast in the UK. But also we feature in all these charts all over the world in amazing places like Senegal. And, yeah. And somewhere else amazing that I'm number one. Oh, in Bulgaria. Bulgaria, we're number one automotive oh. podcast. <laughs> Oh, it's to do with my wife, but uh, <laughs> yeah. strasty to the Bulgarian yeah. listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we we love doing this and we cannot wait to come back. No. Season six to push this thing and further we've got forward. some cool stuff going on, haven't we? Some great ideas yeah. and we've been teasing lots of it. So for now, we'll end on a... on a Happy holidays. That, for us. For everyone, mate. Wish us a happy holiday. Yeah, but some people are working. Anyway, uh, if you have enjoyed this series and this episode, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications, uh, give this video a thumbs up. If you want to follow Tony on his holidays, he's at Tony Gravel Cars. I might actually put a bit on my holidays. I won't be posting on my holidays, but you can follow me for some (laughs) other content, which I've pre-recorded at Seen Through Glass. And we'll be back with you in a month. End of September. See you then. Bye-bye. See ya. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market